Welcome to the, the annual Commercial Commissioner's Session. Um, it's a great chance to find out what the major pay channels are doing, what's working for them, what they're commissioning, how they're commissioning, I guess, as well, and how they're acquiring as such, like what, what the hits are on their channel, and we're going to get to see some stuff as well. Um, we've got the three major UK pay TV channel groups, in fact, not just the UK, globally, each of these, uh, you know, Disney, Turner and Nick are, are big international groups, but we're going to be focusing on the UK and EMEA side of their operations. So, let me do the introductions. So, from Disney, we have, to my immediate left, we have David Levine. Now, David is VP of Programming, Production and Strategic Developments, Disney Channel's EMEA, and General, General Manager, Disney Channel's UK and Ireland. Uh, next to David, we have Louise Benham, who is Director of Programming, Disney Channel's UK and Ireland. Now, I think, guys, to frame the conversation, you've, you've got something to show us, and we're then going to talk about the show, uh, and I believe we've got something of an exclusive. Yes, we do. Uh, so, hi, everyone. Good morning. Uh, I think you had asked us before to briefly also tell folks what we do. Uh, so, I, I have two roles. One role is to oversee programming production for the Disney uh, kids' channels across Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Um, and then my other role is to be the general manager of the three kids' channels here uh, in the UK and Ireland. And Louise? Uh, and I work closely with David on the UK side of things for programming our three channels here in the UK. So Disney Junior, Disney Channel, and Disney XD. And we'll be talking lots more about those coming up. So the first thing we want to share with you is an exclusive. Uh, no one has ever seen this before. Please put down your phones. Do not <laughs> record it. Um, and it's a music video. It's a piece of a music video from a new show coming out uh, in the autumn called The Lodge. Uh, the Lodge is a reimagining of a Disney Channel Israel live action series called North Star. Uh, uh, and uh, it's the show The Lodge is produced by the foundation which is part of Zodiac and it's one of the ways in which uh, we work with uh, UK production companies we brought uh, we, we asked a number of production companies to come pitch uh, to help us create this new version of the show and the foundation um, got got the commission uh, so what this is is a music video uh, it's what we call a concept music video of a song called Believe That uh, featuring the talent from The Lodge. And The Lodge um, is it's a live action show, 10 part series, features a girl named Skye who, um, with her father, uh, set about to reinvigorate the lodge that is in, their, uh, is in their family over the summer. And there's a bunch of young kids that work at The Lodge and also hang out at The Lodge that she becomes friends with and also becomes romantically involved with. Mm -hmm. So um, this is uh, A Taste of the Lodge. The lead singer is a great actress, a uh, great singer named Jade Allen, uh, uh, also has been on uh, some CBBC shows. Um, and uh, take a look.
So guys, that's, uh, that's the lodge, uh, which is a format of an Israeli show or a reimagining. Is this, uh, looking at that, is this Disney UK and EMIA's uh, high school musical moment? Is it camp rock for a different part of the world? Well, we can only hope. Uh, <laughs> high School Musical really helped define Disney Channel um, and uh, actually to make some of us feel very old, it'll be High School Musical's 10th anniversary in the UK this autumn. Uh, so. We can only hope to hit that level of success. We've certainly been able to tap into some of the great talent that has that produced High School Musical and Camp Rock. Uh, a gentleman named Steve Vincent, based in, in uh, Burbank, who was uh, the musical um, head for all those uh, th those movies, and he helped us create the music for the lodge. Um, so we're hopeful. What's what's the process of adapting a show? That is it because the numbers were so stellar in Israel, or is it because the team said there's something about this that might work for kids elsewhere? We we knew that the show worked incredibly well in Israel, and uh, we did some testing uh, with some kids across uh, EMEA, and realized that the story was a really strong one and universal, and the characters uh, popped and were relatable to kids across multiple markets. Uh, the one of the things that we changed in the series was making it a musical. There were some musical elements. Uh, to the series, one of the characters was a DJ in the original series. One of the characters uh, wanted to be wanted to be a singer, actor in the in the original series. But we completely dialed it up and made it a, a musical series. So we created nine original songs. Uh, that was one of them that you heard that are sung about 30 different times across the 10 episodes uh, by different characters in different ways. Uh, and so that was one of the ways in which we, we, we evolved things. Uh, another way was uh, the original series, the first season, was 50 episodes. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of different stories and, and the stories play out in a very different way over 50 episodes. Uh, we had 10 episodes, so we got to some story points pretty quickly. Um, by the end of the first episode, our lead character was, was basically taking charge of things, whereas um, in the Israeli series, they had more time to develop that storyline. Is it the first time you, you've been through this formatting process in this way? I know that there have been some adaptations of some successful telenovelas, Violetta, etc. But with a show like this, is it, is it a first for you guys? Yeah, this is this is the first time we've taken one series and completely made a different version uh, from from another. Uh, Violetta was a is a uh, incredibly successful telenovela. Uh, we've, we're continuing our success with telenovelas in, across EMEA with a show called Soy Luna, and those are original uh, productions uh, produced in conjunction with our uh, colleagues in Latin America, based out of Buenos Aires. With, on the, the point really the telenovelas, I know they're tremendously successful, particularly in southern Europe, but don't necessarily always resonate in the same way in the UK. Yeah, that's true. I think one of the challenges uh, that we have from a, a UK uh, perspective is that the UK audiences, unlike the audiences in the rest of uh, uh, Europe, uh, really don't take to dubbed content very well. Uh, so it's it's been a bit of a challenge, uh, but we've met that challenge a couple times. We uh, we had Violetta, uh, we had a show called um, Billy and the Ghost, which uh, we ran uh, last summer, which was originally Binny and the Ghost, uh, based out of uh, it was a German production. And so uh, and Binny and the Ghost, Billy and the Ghost is an interesting one. We for the first time we actually dubbed with UK voices. So we took instead of taking American voices and putting them over the the. Um, the, the actors, we took British voices, and we felt that it definitely had a more positive impact. So we continue to explore those kinds of opportunities. And, and with The Lodge, that's with Zodiac, yeah. 
What's the process of, of going out there and deciding which production company you will work work with in this? Was there kind of you know a request for it's, ideas? How, how it, did it? What, what were the mechanics? Uh, so we had a we had a, a, a bunch of episodes that we had um, uh, subtitled with English subtitles, so folks could take a look at that. And we went out to about three or four different production companies, shared the episodes, shared uh, English bibles of the and, and character descriptions, and then the production companies came back and pitched us. Uh, and one of the things that really tipped it over found, for foundation was their idea to uh, incorporate the uh, reality show into um into the new series. And uh, in, in the original series, it was a talent show that was coming to town. Uh, they had the idea to make it a reality show and actually incorporate the reality show and the filming of the of the characters on the show as part of the actual show, which was, was really very smart and allowed us to create all sorts of story opportunities and also make it really relevant to today's kids. And, and David, that looks like, from, from the excerpt that we saw, that looks like a very Disney show. But, but what... In, internally, what does that mean? What is what's the what do you have as defining a Disney show or Louise? Good question. Um, well, I think obviously David touched on the fact that this was um, an Israeli format, and I think what makes a Disney show uh, is is fantastic storytelling, basically, and and a lot of that may be universal in its themes uh, across the globe. But there is no doubt this is a very local show. Um, obviously, it's filmed in Northern Ireland. It looks like Northern Ireland, um, and uh, it rather than having Israeli beaches and swimming, because we don't get that here really, um, we've incorporated mountain biking, kayaking. It, it, you know, it really does take advantage of the beautiful sort of landscape. But the talent as well, um, uh, it's, a, it's a very local uh, cast, and um, so it definitely speaks to our audience directly. Um, but once again, fantastic storytelling. We think it will translate uh, to a number of markets. And Louise, to really spell it out for people in the room, I, I guess most people know, but to really... Get, you know, so maybe people can scribble it down. What, tell us about the profile of the channels that, that you look after in terms of the demos and such like. Sure. So obviously we've got the sort of full um, demographic spread, which is fantastic for us. Um, Disney Channel, which obviously was the original channel, uh, targets kids broadly and families uh, with a sweet spot with girls 8 to eight to 12 um, but we are very inclusive in terms of the content we put on there and the breadth of that content. Um, we see it really as a very much kind of navigational channel for, for that audience and the themes and storytelling in it kind of very relatable to kids uh, of that age. Comedy is, is key. It is to all of our channels. You know, we are there to entertain and comedy is crucial. But drama gives an opportunity to, to touch on other themes as well, which is fantastic. Um, Disney XD, uh, a newer channel, obviously David looked after it in the US for a number of years, which is fantastic. Um, we're very fortunate clearly to have some big big brands in our mix in sort of action adventure animation with Marvel and Star Wars but comedy and animated comedy as well as live action comedy increasingly important in that mix so offering a really nice blend to an audience there definitely sort of super serving boys uh, but once again with a real sort of you know inclusivity about it um, so that kind of um, balances there and then of course on the preschool side Disney Junior which is um, going from strength to strength uh, currently you know number one pay TV channel with this demographic and really that's um, leveraging our huge history and sort of um, uh, heritage really of storytelling uh, with characters that kids and families love uh, and we'll come on to talk a bit more about that later on uh, in terms of the kind of content that you can expect there but clearly really beautiful quality animation and, and characters yeah that kids really engage with.
And, and if we were to take uh, 12 months between CMC now and, and a year ago, what, what's, really, what's really popping on the channel? What, what, what's really working? Because, of course, by seeing that, producers can get a sense of, of how they can you know, pitch stuff to you that is in tune with your needs. Sure. Um, well, well, we'll touch on it a little bit more later. I won't say too much, but the Lion Guard um, is our sort of recent huge success. So we kicked that off on Disney Junior in February with a 44-minute special, Return of the Raw. And I'm not going to steal too much thunder um, from later on because we've got Ford Riley here, the creator, um, which is fantastic. So you'll hear him speak later on much more eloquently than I will. But uh, a really beautiful way of taking what is a very well-loved property, the Lion King, uh, and bringing that to a preschool audience um, so that's uh, really gorgeous. We followed it in April with the series, uh, and that's just going from absolute strength to strength. We um, have kind of beat a lot of our um, ratings goals with that 44-minute uh, special, and it's, yeah, it's doing great guns around the world. So you'll hear more about that later. Are we, are we allowed to see a clip? or is? We do have a clip of the Lion Guard right now. <laughs> He's ready. It is time. Time for what? Dad? Rafiki? What's going on? Son, we need to talk. Oh, no, Dad, we already had that talk. Can you feel the love tonight? I know all about that mushy stuff. <laughs> well, <clears throat> it, it's not that, Kion. No, no, most definitely not that. We have heard your roar. Yes, yes. And guys, what's, what is the mix? Uh, typically of US versus international content on, on the channels? Um, well, we're not sort of working to any specific ratios or quotas, really. Clearly, we have, you know, Ofcom regulations in terms of local content. But for us, it's about, it's about the mix. Clearly, a lot of our US pipeline content works really well for us. But we are very conscious of complementing that with various types of content from around the globe and particularly um, from our local markets, so whether that's acquisition, co-production and clearly originations. Um, so it's, it's really about that mix for us. Given, given you've got a tremendous pipeline of content coming from the US and playing devil's advocate without wanting anyone to attack me on stage from the UK production community, <laughs> why, what's the rationale for commissioning from the UK, are there certain genres, are there certain types of programming that you can only get locally? Well, you know, we, of course, we're, we're, we're primarily driven by great quality content that fits our brands and speaks to our audience. Um, we also have, as you mentioned, uh, a great pipeline of content from the US, but you know, they, they don't produce everything and they don't produce all kinds of content. Um, they're great, for example, at sitcoms, you know, three camera uh, comedies. Uh, and so that's not something that we would look to try to replicate here. And instead we look to complement what we get from the global pipeline. And there's an incredible tradition, particularly in the UK, of uh, drama and kids drama uh, as well as preschool, that we are very happy to tap into. Uh, and so uh, working with uh, Lime Productions on Evermore and Evermore Chronicles, working with Foundation on the Lodge, uh, those are just two examples of being able to tap into that great heritage. Uh, and then, you know, being able to get local kids onto the, onto the channel and allowing our local audience to see themselves reflected is also very important. And so we do that in a variety of ways. One big way that we've done that, um, while also supporting 
the company's very strong initiative to drive healthy living choices is a show called First Class Chefs. Uh, First Class Chefs was a a series that we did last year, uh, which uh, had kids competing uh, on various challenges, all centered around cooking and healthy living. And we're happy to say that we're doing another series of that, uh, which will be, which we're announcing officially today, uh, which is uh, First Class Chef's Family Style, uh, which is uh, bringing back a bunch of the kids that were competitors last time, along with family members, competing in uh, various uh, food-related challenges. So that's a great way for us to be able to create a local connection to the audience by bringing local kids, UK kids, onto the channel. With, with a new one that you've just announced, I think. Yes. Um, you've, you've played with the format, it seems, slightly. What was the thinking? So we wanted to create something a little bit different. Uh, we wanted to create something that really spoke to families cooking together. And that, that for us is one of the focuses of our healthy living uh, uh, initiative over the entire company. And so we, we uh, vary the format. Uh, we also va are varying the length, so we're making it a bit of a shorter format, so it will have its first home on nonlinear platforms and then rolling out across all the different platforms. Uh, so we've made some adjustments to uh, take into account the, both the family aspect as well as uh, how kids are consuming content today. That sounds like something that is uh, eminently formatable. Is that something that could, could be remade for other markets, for the US or, or other parts of the world? Absolutely, and actually we've seen some uh, great initial success with the original format. First Class Chefs uh, has, is now actually airing uh, in the US on, their, on the Disney Channel nonlinear platform. Uh, we've had a number of markets in EMEA do dubbed versions, and so we're always looking, both the EMEA markets looking at the UK and the UK looking at the EMEA markets at uh, different formats to see how we can use those across the region and across the world. Whether it's Evermore or The Lodge, do you, do you, have, uh, do you launch simultaneously across uh, a region, EMEA, for example, or is it, is it staggered? How, how do you actually get shows out there and launch them? Well, we, so that's more on my, my EMEA role in terms of uh, working with all the different programmers across uh, the region. And essentially, we, everyone looks at the content as it's coming through the various pipelines, taking into account uh, dubbing timelines, delivery timelines. Also, of course, different markets have different uh, holiday periods. And all the individual channels make those choices using a variety of factors uh, to, to schedule their individual channels. And of course, we try to align some of our programming to hit other business initiatives and other franchise initiatives. But essentially, it's a local programming decision. You mentioned, David, that First Class Chefs will play in the US on the on-demand mm -hmm. part of the service. How ordinary or out of the ordinary is it for a show commissioned in the UK or Europe to then head back over the Atlantic? We've, we've had a couple of them go over so far. So uh, the original Evermore miniseries now, First Class Chefs, and uh, certainly on the animation side, you know, a range of our animated series that we've done um, have traveled. PJ Masks is a great example, uh, which is a show uh, creatively led out of EMEA, out of our London office, uh, produced primarily in France. Uh, and that's traveled to the U.S. and is doing gangbusters. So uh, there's a, a whole range of Counterfeit Cat. It's another. It's a U.K.-produced show, also going over to the U.S. So there's there's a range of examples, plenty of them. And for for content companies, for producers in the room, what what are the the mechanics of the commissioning process? Are there are there certain commissioning rounds at given times of year? What what's the first point of call? 
So we, we don't have um, open calls or, or anything like that, uh, like some of our, our, our competitors. We have an ongoing commissioning basis, uh, and we have two main routes in. If you're a production company and you have a finished or semi-finished or content in production that we would be looking to acquire, you would speak to a gentleman named Ian Lamber, who is in the front row over there. Raise your hand, Ian. Yeah. And, um, if you are a, a creator, a writer, and you have a concept that you'd like to pitch to us in terms of original concepts for us to potentially option and develop and produce, then you would speak to a woman named Grania Rowe, who's also in the front row. Grania, raise your hand there. So uh, those are the two first points of call uh, for us. And as we get content in, we share it across the various groups, and we evaluate it for uh, you know how strong we think it is, the creative team, um, how unique it is, how it fits with the brand. What the timelines involved? Let's assume you're pitched something, you're interested, what's the next stage? So it depends on, of course, what stage you're pitching it, pitching it to us in. And we generally try to get back in a relatively short amount of time. You know, certain times take longer than others. And, you know, after a market, when we've gotten tons of pitches, it might take a little bit longer. Uh, but we, everyone tries to get back in a relatively reasonable amount of time. And should producers have in mind that you operate channels throughout Europe and the EMEA region, as well as internationally, or could something, could something be UK specific? Do you want something that's going to resonate across all of your channels? We, we generally look to find content that uh, certainly has a local appeal, but can work on a regional and a global basis. Uh, you know, we, we, we look for content that fits the Disney brands that we have, and our brands are global. Uh, so in an, in an ideal world content, certainly anything that we're going to make a big investment in is going to be something that needs to travel. And are you happy to structure these as, as co-productions, or in some instances, will you fully fund in order to scoop all the rights? We have a range of um, setups that we do, everything from buying something out 100% and then uh, acquiring something for a license fee. It all depends on the project. And I guess a, a crucial question uh, is, is always, at this particular moment in time for any of the channels, are there, really, are there any specific programming needs? Is there a certain type of show that has recently gone, gone away and you may, a slot you may like to fill and so forth? Um, I think, I mean, as David's touched on, I think, I guess, sort of live action sitcom is covered off. So it's really, I guess, outside of that. But, you know, across the, the range of our channels, um, both animation and live action, um, Less so in the preschool space, live action, I would say, um, but really about speaking to our audience. So I think it's understanding our audience, which I'm sure a lot of you do, um, and, and really about concepts that appeal to them and that have themes and, and things that obviously um, uh, relate to them. So, yeah, authentic to our audience, relatable and fun. You know, they do want to be entertained first and for foremost. Uh, and I think the other thing, and we, we'll touch on it later as well, is just to do think about the multi-platform approach as well. So um, whether it's additional content that complements the, um, the main idea that can sit across non-linear platforms, websites, um, you know, apps, YouTube, um, and making that sort of feel integral to what you're creating is also important rather than sort of tacked on as an afterthought because increasingly we, we do want assets across those platforms to make sure you know, those touch points are 360 and, and our audience is connecting with them across the board. Are you commissioning specifically for online platforms? 
Uh, well, First Class Chefs, um, the, the, the spin-off series that David um, announced, um, uh, it very much was, you know, with a digital um, platform in mind. We will take it onto linear as well, but um, um, we do want to get it out there as far and wide as we can with that healthy living um, um, sort of backbone to it as well. It's important that reach, it, it's out there on as many platforms as we can get it. And for, for digital content, what kind of formats are you thinking in terms of number of episodes and length? How, how short is short form? Yeah, good question. Um, it can be very short. You know, some of our um, supplementary content that from the lodge, um, we're going to show a little bit, I think, in a minute. Um, it can be very short. We know, you know, if, if you're um, consuming content on these platforms, you know, your Instagrams, your Facebook, YouTube, some of it can be really short, like, you know, micro content, as we call it, sort of 10 seconds or so. Um, and YouTube sort of 90 seconds, two minutes, that kind of thing. Um, so the, it really depends on, on the idea. It depends on which platform you want it for. So I think um, that's a conversation. But um, yeah, I think we've got a rate for the lodge, for example. I think, can we show the clip for the lodge soon? Yeah. Um, we're going to show you a little clip here. We've got some amazing non-linear content for that and what's really great about it is some of it's very much in character and carries the stories on after the episode has finished so it's keeping that audience um, involved in those stories and characters beyond the original transmission of the episode and some of it is very much behind the scenes and um, and takes our audience into the world of creating the show so it's there's two very different angles which is really lovely and we're just going to show you a clip I think from The Lodge um, which is called I can never say it properly Joss's Goss and um, in terms of the story, Sky is our central character. She's come from the big city to live in, in a rural location. And she is desperate to sort of keep in, in touch with one of her best friends back in the city who's called Josh. Josh. And, he, um, and, they, and they do a lot of that by kind of um, Skype and FaceTime type calling, very relevant to our audience. So this is some content that we're going to seed out before the original, the initial TX of our, of our first episode uh, and very much from the world of our audience. Sky, you're right. My hair hurts. I think I slept on it funny. Oh, yeah, I hate when that happens. How's morning breath? Also, what do you want to do today? I'm thinking we head into the city, some shopping, take the selfie stick out for a spin. Or we could just hang out here. That works. So very real. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. It's great to actually see something to illustrate what you're talking about. Um, well, I'll, I'll have one final question. How much has the introduction of of tax breaks in the UK impacted what, what you can and can't do here? So as I mentioned, you know, we always look for great stories and great creators uh, first and foremost, uh, and that's really where we, we go to first. However, I will say the, the, the tax credit has been a great uh, a way for us to unlock putting together uh, productions uh, here in the UK. So it was uh, fundamental to being able to green light our first season of Evermore Chronicles as well as the, the long form series that we've uh, greenlit since. So we've been uh, especially grateful and, and found it incredibly beneficial. Good stuff. Thank you very much. It was great to hear from Disney. Thank you to David and to Louise. <laughs>